In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. It's time for Motherhood Talk Radio, the most powerful voice in women's issues today, with Sandra Beck and Christy Holly. Ladies, Motherhood Talk Radio is here to give you a powerful platform by giving you interesting, inspiring, and influential information as you navigate everything from childcare to corporate formation. Motherhood Talk Radio has interviews with best-selling authors, gurus of happiness, and women of interest who every single day make our world a better place for our families. Motherhood Talk Radio, powered by Motherhood Incorporated, is on the air now. Moms, this really is your show. Motherhood Talk Radio. And now, here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Christy Holly. Hey, Mamas, this is Sandra Beck, and I am here for Motherhood Talk Radio, and I have my lovely co-host, Christy Holly. Hey, hey, and we have Rick Swanson with us today. Hello. Hello. He's going to be not stupid diet guy today, but we're going to talk about food. Right on. Which is like one of our favorite topics. At least it's one of my favorite topics. Mine too. Mine too. And, um, you know, we are still doing the Fit to Strip Challenge, so I'm going to do a quick check-in. So, Christy, how's it going for you this week? Um, It's getting better, actually. I've been back on my exercise Wagon. Good. I know. Good. So I'm just trying to, you know, make better choices, and I am. I mean, not completely, completely, you know, they're not completely all good, but most of them are. So what are you Anyhow. eating bad? God, Rick. <laughs> I was asking you for I've had uh, sugar. I'm addicted to sugar. Coffee? Yes. I don't have any coffee now, but yes. I hope Yes. Okay. Hey, let's Want like, you know, <laughs> ratchet it down with the Diet Coke. We agreed last year that Diet Coke was going to be taken off the table for this whole healthy, better New Year thing. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yes. So I'm just addicted to sugar. Okay. And that's, that's it. All right. Well, that'll do. All right, Ricky, how about you? What are you doing that's better this year that's going to make you healthy, wealthy, and Why? Know, still broke? <laughs> um, let me see. Well, I try not to eat as much fast food, but last night I broke down already, ate a ton at my favorite place, Taco Bell. Just it's the only the first week of January. Second week. Well, second week. I already made the second week. You can break resolutions. But Taco Bell is just like too amazing to not, not go there. And it's so damn cheap. I spent like five bucks and I had coffee. So I guess it would be like calorie per dollar. Money You're, well spent. Money well spent. Calorie per dollar, yes. Yeah. But you did say something to me at lunch today when we were eating because I had made a promise that I was going to cook, like, really healthy food in the house, and we usually eat lunch together when we're working. And you said something to me about your waistline today. and What was that? Well, we haven't gone out for pizza and hamburgers, like, every single day. <laughs> you feel, like, a lot looser. <laughs> Just that alone. <laughs> That's a good thing. I'm, I think the shirts still stay on for now. Yeah. Just look, at, just look at the arm. My eyes. My eyes. My brother comes up. He's like, you know what your spell is? I'm like, yeah. He's like, now that's the situation. <laughs> not in a good way. <laughs> is that a Mike know, situation? Just... We've got Rick the situation, but only in the stomach area. Yeah, it's more uh, like a cake, not a six-pack, but hey. 
Yeah, I would say there's more than six bottles in there. <laughs> hey, you're better. So rude. Hey, my book. <laughs> he started months. it. I'm just the host. Oh. No, well, I'm going to say that I've been doing really good because I've been going to the gym and, um, and yeah, I have. I know, Christy. I just haven't been going with you. <laughs> I know. We've well, been going. You totally yeah, I was judging me. <gasps> you guys left me out. Aww. That's it. That's hey, it. we try to get you to do it, but you, you don't want to hang out with <gasps> That's rude. I haven't even gotten hey, one. I texted you. I texted you from the rowing machine and said, you're not at the gym or you're not coming to the gym when we were there. So we did think of you. You said, I was calling you, and you said, <laughs> you're not here, are you? You're right. Only talking some smack or something. That totally counts. Whatever. Totally no. But, you know, but there was, there was a, a great thing I heard today because it was just so perfect and it'll kind of make sure that when I have my hot chocolate, I'll keep my diet hot chocolate to myself. But Rick said that there was a person who, when you work out, like we were in the hot tub and there was the guy who had, like, no muscle tone and all this body oh, hair. Oh, yeah. Rick had uh. the... Best wise. What did like, I say? He took a marshmallow and rolled it around on like the floor of a hair salon. That <laughs> you get him. <laughs> yeah, it's like you kicked it around on the barbershop floor. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it was very funny. But sorry, Christy, you missed it. I know. Rude. Rude. Did you miss when you don't go to the twenty four? Uh, well, you didn't invite me. You know. So whatever. Uh, <sighs> all right. Well. All right, so we're all doing much better this year, thanks to Rona. We're going to have Rona come on and make fun of her some more and um, have her give us some more diet and nutrition tips in the future. But I think, like, since we started the Fit to Strip Challenge, don't you guys agree we've done much better? Yeah. Oh, please. <laughs> you have. I, I'm going to say that I, I, I'm not doing as good as I thought I would have been doing. But that's okay. It's all right. Well, I really, you know, I think that oh, yeah. if we continue trying, I mean, at least we're not going in the other direction. I mean, I know we made a joke last week with our New Year's resolutions to, like, get fatter and to sleep more and <laughs> I didn't work out less. <laughs> I know. No. Uh, I don't know. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. Well, we have also coming on the show today Robin Boyd, and Robin Boyd would like to give us a public service message from the Girl Scouts. Robin, over to you. Hi. <laughs> now that you're all talking about uh, checking out your uh, waistlines here, <laughs> um, what I wanted to share with everybody uh, is this exciting time of the year is time to order Girl Scout cookies. And if you don't know, I'm a Girl Scout. I've been a Girl Scout for years and years and years and years, and um, I'm just so excited that um, our girls have this opportunity. And I think everybody has a favorite Girl Scout cookie, but there's so much more to the campaign than just the cookies themselves, and I don't think everybody always realizes what's behind the scenes, so to speak. Um, I just wanted to share that each troop functions on an annual budget or a treasury, and within that treasury, the girls decide what to do. So every time you buy a box of Girl Scout cookies, that's helping that individual troop do something for her community, do something for um, families in need, do something for the military. Um, sometimes they're able to travel, they can attend events, and most of all, um, 
we just want to make sure that we let everybody know that they do uh, an awful lot for um, care packages when they send them to servicemen overseas. Can you hear my cat? She is just, like, screaming over here. Um, we have motherhood talk radio, so we have cats, dogs, cats, noisy kids. kids. I know, I know. And then through local booth sales, girls learn, and their regular sale, the girls learn to set goals and make decisions, understand how to manage money, learn people skills, and develop sound business business ethics, all of which will benefit them in the future. And some of the things that the girls do now will, in fact, change their lives in the future. Some of, some of our girls have gone on, and the things they've learned in Girl Scouting have become some of the things that they've become in adult lives. Um, I so want to ask the question that's on yeah? everybody's mind, Robin. Do any of these Girl Scout cookies have marshmallows in them? <laughs> You know, I don't think our little brownie bakers do because I, I know the marshmallows that, that your guest makes are just amazing. <laughs> Chef Tracy's marshmallows are fantastic. Oh, they are. They are. And today we are going to welcome Tracy Fleming uh, from Stuart and Clark Fine Foods. And she's got a long history in cooking. She's also a chef. She makes these really great marshmallows. And she probably died when I brought up Rick's comment about like a marshmallow rolling around the floor of a hair <laughs> But those are the, only the store-bought ones. That's all. <laughs> That's true. That's true. They're not Tracy's fine, Just fine the, marshmallows. The, Store-bought ones, yeah, yeah. So how are you doing, Robin, on your Fit to Strip Challenge? Well, you know, I'm, um, I'm really trying very hard to do more exercise. I'm not – I can't say that I'm losing weight, but what I'm trying very hard to do is get healthier because, as you know, I've, I've got some heart issues. And um, so as long as I am staying heart healthy, that's what's most important for me right now. Well, that's important for all of us because we want yeah. you to be around for a really long time and you Aww. have a giant heart, so you need to take care of it. <laughs> Thanks. I'm really trying. That, that, that's, what, that's what my goal is this year is to really work on, on staying heart healthy. So, but, um, but this thank you, I just wanted to um, put it out there that our girls are probably, we have about 112 councils across the, the nation, and of those 112 councils, about 90% of them right now are starting to sell, whether it's this past week, current week, uh, or next week. Girls are going to start selling, and then all through March and April, they'll be having booth sales. Um, just to put some stats out there, last year we sold probably over 200 million boxes of cookies nationwide, nationwide. Wow, wow. 200 million boxes of cookies? Yeah. How much right. do they retail for each? Every council sets their own retail price. They can be three fifty, four dollars <gasps> Mm-hmm. I did not know that. That's crazy. That okay. is crazy. So we could have like price gouging. Well, they used to be two fifty in the old. No, days. and I'll, I'll tell you, it all depends on what each council has to uh, offer their girls. If there's an awful lot of programming and they have an awful lot of girls in their council, maybe that particular council needs to set it at four dollars. Whereas our council, for example, is still at three fifty, partly because we have some other. Um, Opportunities that we're able to do um, that that might offset it a tad, but of those 200 million boxes of cookies, that rendered about 715 million dollars for girls to do girl programming, and that means that each each troop, every single Girl Scout cookie 
with that you uh, box of Girl Scout cookies that you buy stays right in your council. It's not sent to national, and it's not sent across the country. It stays for community action. It stays for girl uh, girls learning skills right in your own council. So. Um, those are kind of powerful things, and we do have some websites that um, I'd love for the listeners to tap into. Our We have a YouTube channel. We have GirlScoutCookies.org, and we have our national website, which is GirlScouts.org. We have some wonderful videos that are on there that just shows the impact that one little Girl Scout cookie could have on not only those girls but on a community and across the nation. So that's what I needed to say, and thank you very much. I hope to see everybody soon. Mom, here's your show, Motherhood Talk Radio. Giving you interesting, inspiring, and influential information as you navigate everything from child care to corporate formation. This is Motherhood Talk Radio, and we'll be right back after these. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lipman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With Baby and Toddler Instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more. It's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Now, this Saturday morning, we're going to count them down one more time from number 40 all the way to number one with the official classic hits countdown, the American Rock and Roll Countdown. We'll count down the biggest hits of the 70s with interviews and artist information, news, weather, sports, you name it, we'll have it this Saturday morning, 9 o'clock Eastern, right here on Toginet for the American Rock and Roll Countdown. The American Rock and Roll Countdown on Toginet. Welcome back to Motherhood Talk Radio, the most powerful voice in women's issues. For more information, check out the website, MotherhoodTalkRadio.com. Now, let's get back to the show with your hosts, Sandra Beck and Christy Holly. <laughs> Sandra and I'm here at Motherhood Talk Radio, and Christy just told me I couldn't eat candy. Well, you're a chomper. I did. And I've known, been known to chew ice on the air and chew on pens. Yes. Just well, we had Robin Boyd come on with us first segment, and she was talking about the Girl Scout cookies. And that was pretty interesting, though, that each Girl Scout council sets their own prices for the cookies. My, my, my Girl Scout troop, they'd be like, okay, this is $14 million a cookie. <laughs> but um, it was pretty interesting, the cheap I thought. What? How do you find the troop that's selling them the cheapest? They don't see the advertisement <laughs> the on the website. I think that would be at cheapgirlscouts.com. 
Um, oh, wait, maybe that that's probably not a good thing. No. No. No, but I'll leave it to you, Rick, to be thrifty. But I want yeah. to give you guys those websites again. Uh, if you want to check out or order some Girl Scout cookies or find out where you can order them because you're not getting accosted at the grocery stores <laughs> and everywhere else these little girls camp out, um, girlscouts.org. There's also girlscoutcookies.org. And I'm going to ask you guys, um, Christy, did you have to sell anything as a kid to raise money for a fundraiser? Yeah, we sold candy bars. Oh, you sold candy bars. Yeah. How many did you eat? Uh, you know, it's funny, we used to eat, like, we would sneak in there. My mom was actually the president of Sybil, so we had, like, everybody's. Sybil? Yeah. Like it's, the multiple personality league? No, it's uh, more Independent Baseball League. Oh. So she was the president of of the baseball league. And we'd have all the candy there. You know, people would come and get it. But we would sneak in there and open the cases. And even my dad did, too, and get the candy bars out. And then my mom would just be like, ugh, like, yeah. we'd always end up paying a lot. We, oh, we supported our, our, our yeah. team. But. Well, we sold banned fruit. I know. I know, banned fruit. It was buffalo. It was cold. And mm. they would send these trucks down to Florida and get grapefruits and get, um, <laughs> like, tangerines. They were really good, though. I mean, but they were expensive. Like, you know, had to walk around and go, oh, I'm selling banned fruit because I want to go to band camp. But <laughs> I played the flute. <laughs> I played the flute, too. And Did you? I was awful. High. How about you? I was awful, too. I would take my flute home every day so I get credit for it, but I never practiced. Oh. <laughs> See, my sister was really nice. good on the flute. And oh, yeah, she got a scholarship. I mean, the whole thing. And then they put me on the flute, and I was terrible. But then they switched me to piccolo, and I was really good. In fact, every concert, all you could hear was me. <laughs> I'm sure you piccolo heard. Piccolo I was like, Dad, did you hear me? <laughs> Honey, everybody heard you. <laughs> now, what about you, Ricky? What did you sell? I had to sell for some of the baseball teams. I had to sell the candy bars. And then one time they made us sell, you know those, like, subscription magazines that are, like, about products and information that nobody cares about? You know, and I'm looking at it, and you're like, I wouldn't read this, so why would I want you to read this? What? (laughs) (laughs) Is there delayed hearing in there? Yeah, sorry. I think he's hearing impaired. I think so. If it was the military mom talk radio, I'd think he'd have a TBI, but it's not. So well, we're just going to move forward on that. Music and firearms going off, so that doesn't help. That uh, doesn't help. But so really, you had to sell nice magazines. Way. Yeah, magazines, not for firearms, but like the ones you read. <laughs> like so, basically, what you're saying is people who buy firearms don't read. Because if anybody from the NRA is listening, I don't think they're going to like that. <laughs> they do buy the American Handgunner and Outdoor Magazine and. Say, all right, boys, and Earth and go to her magazine to look at the pictures. <laughs> hey, hey. Hey, it's hey, hey. It's, it's but that true. was funny, though, when we were in Dallas Airport. It was pretty neat, that oh. LAX Airport. Tell, tell no, us what happened, because that was really fun. They don't sell any gun magazines in the LAX Airport, or hunting or fishing. You know? I'm like, but we get to Dallas, it's like gun magazines galore. It's beautiful. <laughs> I know, Rick. He was actually spinning. He was so excited. He was, like, spinning in Hudson News going, look at all the gun magazines. Oh, spinning? <laughs> Not really. Oh, I was going to say. He, he, he just stood there very manly going, look at all these gun magazines. Ha, ha, ha. So, well, we're yeah. going to switch from guns back to cookies and marshmallows. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> nice segue. <laughs> 
we have some gun control talk in here? <laughs> gun control. Well, when Rick's on the line, things tend to get a little um, ballistic. But we have today Tracy Fleming, and she is a chef, among other things. She's a single mom. She owns uh, Stuart and Clark Fine Foods, and she has sent us at Motherhood Incorporated her cookies, which I had to tell you was the best way to get paid. That's true. They were delicious. Rick? Yes. No, I I, I don't know how many I ate, but I, I love cookies. Well, we had do we had the triple chocolate cherry ones, right? I think so. They had chewy cherries in them. I yes. remember that. Well, they were very yeah, chocolatey. Right. Yeah. Yummy, yummy, yummy. Yeah, and we like. I remember when the box came and like ripped it open. And I was like, first thing I went for was the cookies. The second thing I went for was the check. <laughs> <laughs> kind of in that order. Right. <laughs> so, Tracy, do we have Tracy on the line with us today? I am. <gasps> Hi, Tracy. Welcome. Hi, Sandra. <laughs> Thank you. I have to tell you, the dinner, I, I was lucky enough to ha- be treated to one of Tracy's dinners at her dad's house, and the food was outstanding. I have to tell you, I think I, I like, practically scraped up everything that was on the plate. I would have licked it if I hadn't been in public. What was it? It, it was, was um, Tracy, Thank what did you. you tell us? What, what did we make for dinner that night? Yes. Uh, let's see, we had a fish. I can't remember which one it was. We had, I think it was, wasn't ha- was it wasn't halibut. Was it wasn't halibut? halibut. <clears throat> just and halibut. I just used, um, I think it was or fresh orange and orange juice and then white wine and reduced that down and made a lovely glaze for the fish. And we had uh, vegetables and brown rice and then I made a salad with all kinds of goodies in it, apples and nuts and greens and the like. Oh, yeah, it was so good. And the dessert. The dessert was to die for. Well, that was that was nice. That was uh, an easy, quick, throw-it-together dessert with uh, sautéed pears. And then we had it with ice cream. And um, what did I put on? I put some sort of a... Chocolate. Of chocolate. <laughs> exactly. Mil- oh, milk chocolate. Milk chocolate ganache, right. It was yeah, good. It was delicious. It was good. It was quick I and easy. I five of them, but, you know, there was only four servings. <laughs> And that was very nice. I just <laughs> planned it that way. Right. Carrie, who is our, our producer in Texas, goes, that's a quick dessert. She did what? together. Yeah, like Cheerios, <laughs> you know, chocolate syrup. No, that's a trick. Uh, um, I won't be teaching anyone how to cook. <laughs> or bake. Or bake. I can do yeah, that. you are a baker. I am a baker. Yeah. Yeah. Chrissy's a baker, too. She'd give you a good run for your money for her cookies. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I wouldn't do that up to, next to a professional here. No, and Tracy rocks. Tracy's really good. So, hey, Tracy, so how did you get started in food? Uh, it was a, a survival mechanism at the age of about 10, 11 years old. My mom was a um, food stylist for television, and so she was a professional cook. Now, and, what does uh, that mean? What is a food stylist for television? Uh, she will. She actually, at the time that she was doing it, they were still calling them home economists. She did all the on-camera food or food that is photographed for uh, advertisements or um, any sort of editorial pieces. And she was the person who dressed the food, made the food, prepped the food to make it look beautiful when you see a television commercial. Television commercials were her specialty that she did do still photography from time to time as well. And uh, she makes the food that we see on television, or she did make the food that we see on television look pretty. 
or look edible, actually. Sometimes not so pretty, but edible. And uh, she did commercials for all kinds of different food businesses, uh, restaurants, um, even fast food restaurants, but then also um, she did it for television, um, like food shows that had food segments in them. She worked for Dinah Shore. She would do things for the Today program. She would do things for uh, magazines on a regular magazine covers, that kind of thing. So I learned to cook because she was a professional cook. But I didn't think, I didn't know I knew how to cook until my parents got divorced. And my father couldn't cook to save his life. Boiling water was a trial. So when I would go out to his house with my brothers, it was survival mechanism. It was sink or swim. And uh, I was elected to be the one who would uh, start cooking. So, so really I, your brothers have to thank you? Uh, yes, and they're both fantastic cooks now, too, really fantastic. So it, my mother sort of it transferred osmosis. And, you know, I have to say my father is not a bad cook now, and I, I feel like we all sort of learned and did that together. That's really great. I mean, it's, it's, it's funny how, you know, I think food, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, I think food gets a bad rap because, you know, we're taught as young parents, which Christy and I are, are new parents, um, you know, only out of the block seven years, um, we're always taught, like, don't reward with food, you know, don't do this with food, don't do that with food, and Quite frankly, it's like when my mom makes my favorite meal, it's like nothing can make me feel more loved sometimes than sitting down to something that she has, you know, literally slaved over a hot stove to prepare. And I've watched Christy slave over a hot stove for her kids. (laughs) I slave over a hot (laughs) microwave. But um, (laughs) it makes a difference. It makes a huge difference. I think the rewarding for food is more... um, a lot of people had a lot of issues with, you know, if you eat your dinner, and people would sometimes just eat their dinner to get to dessert. So they would maybe eat more than they needed to. And then the only reason they were eating dinner was because they wanted dessert. That needs a little adjusting. But as far as a, a really fine meal, and, and the fine meal can be extremely simple, um, to feed your family, I mean, that's just that's so nurturing, that's so personal, that's so loving. So I don't see that as a, uh, as a bad thing. Well, good, because we just want to clear that up, because, you know, Christy yeah. and I, we, and Rick, you know, we joke around, and Robin with the Fit to Strip Challenge, and we talk about our addictions with food, and with nitro, mm. and Diet Coke, and chocolate, and, you know, all these things that <laughs> arguably make our lives a lot better. I mean, I don't know how much they do for us nutritionally, but there is a lot of love that goes in with the preparation of the food, and that's one of the things, you know, Tracy, that I've always seen in your work that you do. And, um, you know, we're going to go to break in about a minute, but can you quickly um, let us, you know, give us an example of one of your favorite meals that you prepared for your son, because uh, it was just you and him, uh, mm-hmm. that would make him feel loved? Well, at two years old, um, he was asked by a woman who was a very well-known magazine um, uh, editor, and she said, well, I'm going to take you to lunch, Cole. What what can I do today? What can we have for dinner? What's your favorite lunch, not dinner? And uh, he turned to her and said, penne with fresh tomatoes, basil, and a really good olive oil. So that was our favorite meal. <laughs> she said, that is awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. Cole, if you're listening today, you rock. <laughs> you rock. Well, my name is meal. That is great. I've got to take a commercial break. My name okay. is Sandra Beck. I'm the host of Motherhood Talk Radio. I'm here with Christy Holly, Robin Boyd, Rick Swanson, and we have as our guest today Tracy Fleming. She's the owner of Stuart & Clark's 
fine foods, among other memorable, outstanding things. We're going to come back after the break. Pick us up on iTunes. Check us out at toginet.com, and we will hear your comments and your... What? I don't know. Just come back after the break, will you? Mom, here's your show, Motherhood Talk Radio. Giving you interesting, inspiring, and influential information as you navigate everything from child care to corporate formation. This is Motherhood Talk Radio, and we'll be right back after these. Parents, if you feel overloaded, overworked, underappreciated, and seriously stressed out, The Parents Plate is here to help you. The Parents Plate with Brenda Nixon. Tuesday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on Toginet. It's time to build stronger families through parent empowerment. And that's what The Parents Plate does. The Parents Plate understands the busyness of life and balancing child rearing and other commitments. Brenda Nixon will be talking to noted experts and authors on all issues, from teething to teen driving. Brenda Nixon is a nationally recognized speaker to parents and child care professionals and author of the award-winning The Birth to Five book. From Fox 4 in Kansas City to schools and synagogues to businesses to bookstores, conferences to churches, audiences rave that Brenda engages, educates, and encourages. For more information on Brenda and her books, check out her website, brendanixon.com. The Parents Plate is loaded with information and affirmation. The Parents Plate with Brenda Nixon. Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on It's time to capture the simple piece of the Amish in your own life. Amish Wisdom with Suzanne Woods-Fisher. Thursday afternoons at 5, 4 Central. Each week, Suzanne will have conversations with guests about living a life that incorporates principles of the Amish without going Amish. She'll cover the practical, simplicity, slowing down, reducing clutter, putting the brakes on materialism. The historical, how have the Amish survived for 400 years? How can we hold on to what we hold dear? And the spiritual, treasuring important values. Honoring the past and increasing peace of mind. You don't have to become Amish to make personal peace a reality. Amish wisdom will help all of us live a simpler life. For more information, go to SuzanneWoodsFisher.com. With Amish wisdom, Suzanne offers us a glimpse into a world of peace, serenity, and total commitment to family and God. This show just might change the way you live your life. It's Amish Wisdom with Suzanne Woods Fisher. Thursday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Motherhood Talk Radio, the most powerful voice in women's issues. For more information, check out the website, MotherhoodTalkRadio.com. Now, let's get back to the show with your hosts, Sandra Back and Christy Holly. This is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Motherhood Talk Radio. And what I meant to say at the close was check us out at iTunes, check us out at toginet.com, T-O-G-I-N-E-T.com. I've got a reverb. Well, dead air, dead air, dead air, dead air. Um, and then we want you also to check out motherhoodtalkradio.com. And for those of you that are in the military or have family serving in the military, please feel free to check out our sister show, Military Mom Talk Radio, that airs Mondays at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. All right, so we are here with Christy Holly, Rick Swanson, myself, Sandra Beck, and we are welcoming Tracy Fleming, who, Tracy, let's give your background. I don't think we introduced you um, to, to our listeners today. My background? Well, your background. Um, <laughs> Sorry, food? that wasn't on the list. <laughs> I know. Uh, wait. 
Well, I grew up in California. My mother was a food stylist, which was my reason for getting into food. And I, I didn't actually have an intention of, of doing that. I was a dancer, had been since I was very young, went off to Cal State Long Beach, uh, graduated from the dance program there, went to New York, danced there, started in a few companies. But all along the way, food was the thing, because as a dancer, you make zero money. Food was the way I survived. <laughs> and I worked for caterers, and I had worked in restaurants and uh, worked in a couple of bakeries. And um, when I was in New York, I worked for a caterer that was very inspirational and just one job was all it needed, but uh, I decided that I had all of these friends in California that were uh, out of work, actors, singers, dancers, uh, etc., and that I thought, I can do this. And with my background, I had worked with my mom quite a bit from when I was very young uh, on the studio and um, on different commercials that she'd worked on. And so I had an idea of how food could look beautiful, and it tasted good, and it was just making quantity. So... Um, that's how I started the catering, and um, that was the. So basically, was a good you thing. started a, you started a company to eat because you needed to eat. Yes. Pretty much. <laughs> so, okay, the nice thing about catering is that you are never out of food, which is fabulous. That's true, and you can see a lot of other people too. So it was uh, it was great, and having the workforce with um, the people that I was dancing with and and uh, singing and doing all these other things, it was it was great, and everybody was always excited to do another party, and we did do some wonderful parties. Um, and I continued on with the food styling with my mom. I was always her assistant for many, many years, and uh, I catered for 10 years in Los Angeles, and we really did do some fabulous parties, and it was fun. Was I saw that term, food stylist, you know, mm-hmm. like I just here to make food look better. Make it look better. Yeah. They made, they made everything look really, really good. There is Christy, we could tell that turkey to suck in its arms. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we could. We have a thing, Tracy, where when mm-hmm. Christy and I were first getting our pictures taken um, for the radio show, we were it was summer. What were we wearing? Tank tops? Or what were we wearing? Christy? I was. You were not You were in a short sleeve. I was in a stinking tank top. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So we told her to suck in her arms. <laughs> but, <laughs> so we tried. <laughs> you gave it the old college try to suck in those arms. <laughs> oh, so Tracy, how did you start your mail order business? How did that come about? Uh, the mail order business was uh, when I I. To go on with my career just a little bit, it was I did the catering for 10 years, sold my business to uh, my then partner, and I went to Nestle uh, to the test kitchens for five years, and I was in uh, Glendale working in there. Uh, so what do you do? There. What do you do in a test kitchen? Nestle's test test kitchen? Do you do, uh, do you make sounds, up shit? I don't it know. It sounds yummy. It does sound. It was. Oh, I'm sorry. I was, I was, retraction. Retraction. Do you just make up stuff? I well, I did. I was hired to work on a project uh, for the Toll House Group, and I ended up working on on that for about two years. But in the middle, also did a lot. We did a lot of things. But we, I developed new products. I wrote recipes for them, and then I also did a lot of their. Um, shots for labels and for the recipe books that went out. And then I ended up writing a, a chocolate cookbook, an industrial chocolate cookbook. For two, It took about two years, and there were about five of us on that project. So I did a lot of things there, and it was sort of really like a master's program, which was great on food production and massive food production. So that's kind of where I had this great cookie recipe in my catering 
But then I felt like Mrs. Wonka because I had a whole a chocolate room in in the test kitchen. It was downstairs, actually, in the basement. My son and his friends would come in, and they'd just stand there and go, oh, my God. So it was fun, and I had a lot of chocolate to work with and play with, and um, I worked on this cookie recipe. And when I moved away from Los Angeles and left my job at Nestle, moving to Santa Barbara, I wanted to start a food company that made sense that wasn't um it was handmade that was very specific to a few products and i really wanted to go into more lovely food rather than the kind of mass production of what i had come out of and um the mail order business came about because my mom came on board with me about a about a year after I started the cookie business with a product that she is was convinced was going to be really big and i I have to say she was right and I was wrong because I said, oh, Mom, that sounds so labor-intensive. I don't know. It was marshmallows. And she had a recipe from her grandmother, and um, she played with it and fussed with it and got a fabulous process down, and, um, well, she was right. I was wrong. And we started making a lot of marshmallows and a lot of truffle cookies and a magazine that I love called Savora Magazine uh, found us through us sending up some products to one of their food editors and um, called us and said, we'd really love to put you in the magazine. And we said, great. And we were actually number three on their 100 best list in January of 2000. And whammo, we had a mail order business. It wasn't our plan, but we had one. Wow. And that's how that came about, actually. It was kind of through the back door, not through our planning. And then the truffle cookies, soon after that, uh, somebody was in North Carolina eating the truffle cookies, and um, somebody from the Food Network called us and said, um, we'd like to come out and send someone out there to film you guys, and uh, would you be on the Food Network? And I had never watched the Food Network. I hadn't seen it. I didn't know really much of anything about it, except this man was on it who I thought was sort of annoying, and his name was <laughs> Emeril Lagasse. And oh, I my God, the big, fat potato head, Emeril Lagasse, <gasps> oh, with his giant yeah. head. So, anyway, <laughs> they came out and filmed us, and, and we were I mean, uh, on He's laughing network. all the way to the bank. Yes, he is. Happy he's so annoying. <laughs> I know he does a lot of nice things for children, uh, and so that's good. That's a really good thing. Oh, all right. I'll retract the big fat potato head comment. All right. Well, he, <laughs> I'm sure yes, he will be a guest with us. He will not be joining <laughs> us on Motherhood Talk Radio. Well, not this week. There goes that. Yeah. Well, there's just so many hot guys on the Food Network. Well, that's true. There's some good ones. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I won't go there, so we'll just keep going on. Okay. <laughs> okay. So how was it working for the Food Network? Um, it was, Well, it was funny because I didn't know what their viewership was. I didn't know how big of an impact it was going to make. Um, they were very nice. They came out and filmed for three days at our kitchen. My And our kitchen happened to be on my brother's ranch. So we were kind of tucked away and off in the boonies a little bit. And they loved it, and they did a lovely segment. And then, you know, we didn't hear from them for months. And then about three weeks before the piece was supposed to air, um, they called us and said, it'll be on in three weeks. And we said, oh, okay. And um, I was really unprepared for the response <laughs> that came. <laughs> we were getting um, 35 calls a minute um, for, oh, wow. I was all my voicemail could handle, and I was taking them off the voicemail as fast as I possibly could. Mm. And, uh, and this we was had just to, from one episode. 
Yes. Well, and the the interesting thing was that the air, the first airing is at, you know, whatever time it was, one in the afternoon, and it airs in the East Coast first, and then the call started coming in from all of the East Coast, and then an hour later it's airing in the Midwest, and then all of a sudden the entire Midwest started calling, and then it starts airing in the West Coast. I mean, it was just constant, and then they showed it four times that week. No. <laughs> it was like, oh, my God. What did God. you make? Um, it was the truffle cookies that we did on that we had on the Food Network, the triple chocolate cherry and the, the chocolate ones we espresso. Had. Right, and the chocolate espresso, and um, it was a lovely piece. It was like um, about a eight minute segment, and you can see it if you go to our blog. Um, but it was it was just you it think was I amazing would know that to me. I made her blog, but go ahead. Yes, you did. <laughs> it was amazing to me how I, I just I had no idea that that's what was going to happen. So. It was great, but then we really were in the mail order business, whether we liked it or not, and uh, it was great, though. And uh, I get a thrill every time I pack up somebody's box and send it off. I'm just like, ooh, this is going to be in, you know, North Carolina in two days, and uh, it's great. It's really, uh, it's a very interesting way to make a living. In the so mail hold on land. one second. Hold on one second, Tracy. Chrissy's tripping over her tongue <laughs> trying know. to say something. I just wanted to know, do you make, do you have a staff now that it's so huge, or do you, you know, are you making all your own food now? or Not, like, not a huge staff. I have a, I have a tight-knit group, and we're small. We increase the numbers at Christmas time because Christmas time is when we really because I also have I have a wholesale business I have a small cafe and I have oh. the mail order business so we're multitasking all the time and I still do catering uh, in wow. smaller bits and pieces not not some of the large jobs that I used to do um, and when we have the time we don't do a lot of catering at Christmas for obvious reasons we're busy making cookies and sending them out to people so where do you guys, uh, what kitchen do you use? Do you have your own industrial kitchen or I do. Like, where does everything take place? We, um, we're in San Luis Obispo now and uh, I have a kitchen that's um, kind of off, tucked away, um, but we have a little teeny itty bitty hidden treasure cafe uh, right out in the front where our kitchen is. And we have about, oh, we maybe have around 800 square feet and a little bit more in storage and a walk-in refrigerator and I have two fabulous uh, ladies that work for me, Michelle and Beth, and then my um, my husband uh, Glenn is here <laughs> almost constantly, and then I have several people who do some of the mail order things. They do the online stuff, where they monitor the at Christmas time. They monitor the website and make sure we get our orders and get them. And straight. what is that website, Tracy? Where do you want listeners to go today? Uh, Stewart and Clark. Dot com and it's S T E W A R T the word and and then C L A R K dot com and that's our website. That's awesome. Thank you. It is awesome. I I feel so lucky to be doing this. I really do. It was like I said. It wasn't how I started and moved into. Oh, this is what I want to do when I grow up. But uh, I really love it, and it's it's wonderful to do something you really love. I mean, raising well, my Tracy, son. Well, I hate to cut you off, but we got to go to we got to go to commercial break. Please, my name please. is Sandra Beck. I am the host of Motherhood Talk Radio, along with Christy Holly, Rick Swanson, Robin Boyd. When we come back from the break, we want you to listen to more about Tracy Fleming. You want to learn about her, or you want to order some of her fine food? Go to StuartandClark.com. That's S T E W A R T and Clark.com. Come back after the break. We've got more great things happening. Mom, here's your show, Motherhood Talk Radio. 
giving you interesting, inspiring, and influential information as you navigate everything from child care to corporate formation. This is Motherhood Talk Radio, and we'll be right back after these. I am not the woman I used to be. I'm free with Minister Diane Jones. Monday nights at 10, 9 central on Toginet. This is your chance, ladies, to hear stories of hope and healing from someone who's been there. Someone who has fought back from the horrors of incest. Minister Diane's innocence was stolen from her in the land of alcoholism and mental illness, which led to her being emotionally, physically, and sexually abused by her parents. Yet in spite of this trauma, she has gone on to become a successful wife, mother, registered nurse, and minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm Free is a straight-up show to enlighten you and to lighten your load. Do not let the weight of this world or the things that have happened to you control your life. For more on the show and Diane and her book, The Story of Me, email her directly from her show page here on Toginet. Then, join us for I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. Monday nights at 10, 9 central on toginet.com. The Way of the Toddler with hosts Lita and Lori Hamilton is a show unlike any other parenting program you've ever heard. Zen Masters in Diapers? Yes. Join us Tuesday afternoons at 5, 4 central here on Toginet as we celebrate parenthood as a spiritual path for a journey to inner peace. With thought-provoking and spiritually compelling guests, each week Lita and Lori will explore how our children help us with the lessons we came here to learn, adding deeper meaning to our lives and relationships while giving you valuable gems to add to your unique parenting toolkit. Check out the website, thewayofthetoddler.com. With great humor and honesty, Lita and Lori will demonstrate how inner peace is possible, even when surrounded by poopy diapers and piles of laundry, and what we can learn from the innate wisdom and natural spirituality of our Zen masters and diapers. It's The Way of the Toddler with Lita and Lori Hamilton, Tuesday afternoons at 5, 4 Central, here on toginet.com. Welcome back to Motherhood Talk Radio, the most powerful voice in women's issues. For more information, check out the website, motherhoodtalkradio.com. Now, let's get back to the show with your hosts, Sandra Beck and Christy Holly. Hey, mamas, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Christy Holly and Rick Swanson and Tracy Fleming, and we are talking about food, really good food, that you can find at stuartandclark.com. And when we were talking at the break, Christy and I were thinking about how fun it would be to, we want to go on a road trip and come and eat in your cafe and take a tour of your kitchen someday. Oh, that's an excellent idea. (laughs) Yeah, and then we want you to send us like a box of food so we can eat it on the air when we're talking to the nutritionist. (laughs) (laughs) I'll send something healthy. Oh, no. good tasting and healthy. So what kind of healthy stuff do you bake? You and your healthy I just, stuff. I just want to know. Okay, I'd just rather eat fat. Okay. Okay. I'd rather eat less and eat fat, but then, okay, go not ahead. Not me, not me. All right, what, what? Well, my, my personal food philosophy is that you should eat what's really, really good. I mean, if you're going to eat better, eat better. If you're going to eat fat, eat olive oil, eat better. If you're going to have sugar, have real sugar. Don't eat the fake stuff. And just don't eat as much. That's the thing. That's the trick. Don't eat so much in the way of processed foods because your body doesn't know what to do with all of that stuff, all that, those chemicals, et cetera. But it knows what to do with butter. It knows what to do with, you know, yeah, go good on your butter. <laughs> <laughs> go. No, it doesn't have to. It doesn't have to. 
Um, but it's perfect. much better to eat real things, real food. It's like shop the perimeter of, is the, I think it's Michael Pollan who says that, shop the perimeter of the grocery store. Don't buy anything from the middle aisles. Go to the vegetables. Go to the proteins. Go to the, you know, eat the good stuff. And uh, it's true. And I think, you know, you do need to, you have to eat. You might as well enjoy it. And you might as well eat something really good for you. That's true, and I think like the the one thing that the hosts of, of Motherhood Talk Radio can agree upon. Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Um, um, is that we all love to eat? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I agree. Most people yeah, do. <laughs> yeah. Well, some people don't. I don't know. Verona loves to eat. Well, Verona, the nutritionist. I know like three people who like could you know eat because they have to, and it's. Pretty sad, actually. Yeah, and they're really not fun to have around. No, no, no. Yeah. No, <laughs> they're kind of not welcome Kill here. Killjoys. I know. <laughs> well, it's like, you know, people have different philosophies. Like, I know one of Rick's philosophies is to keep that, like, protective coating <laughs> over cause his ab pack, you know, I, his I, six I, pack. Can you do that? Yeah, because it keeps me warm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> After I had the baby and uh, my last baby, I had, like, that little, like, pouch that hangs out there, and I would call it my warm puppy because it would sit on my lap. <laughs> it's like a little warm puppy. But, yeah, I would pet it, but thankfully it's gone now. It left. It left. Oh, Tracy, we're so glad to have you here today. Thank you. So I want to ask you, of all your travels, because, you know, you've, you've been everywhere, you've, you were educated in cooking, you're a dancer, you've met all these fantastic, fabulous people by working in the industry, um, who is your hero? Like, who is your food hero? And please don't say Emerald. <laughs> the potato head. As pleasant a person as Emerald M sure is. He's not my food hero, but um, I would, I would say um, the, one of the it's, – it's a woman, of course, and she was somebody that I started reading her work. She herself was actually not a chef, but her name was MFK Fisher, Mary Frances Kennedy Fisher. And if you want to read anything about food, if you're a true food lover, you need to read her works. One of her most famous was The Art of Eating. And she started writing in the 20s. She was born in, I think it was 1908, in the Midwest, and then came to California. Her father was the editor of the, um, I want to say, the Los Angeles times, but I'm probably wrong about that, actually, right off the top of my head. And she grew up at a time when women weren't even allowed to have careers other than maybe nursing or teaching. And she started writing under MFK Fisher uh, because it enabled her to be more anonymous. And she writes about food in a way that I don't even think anyone writes like her now. And she talks about it. She traveled and she talks about food in this very emotional, almost romantic way. And it's just, it, you're starving by the time you finish one of her short stories or one of her books or even just a chapter. It's just, she's an amazing person. And uh, definitely anyone who truly enjoys food would love anything she's written. But she's uh, an incredible writer and an, just so knowledgeable about food. And the way she talked about food was just very different from anyone at that time. That is fantastic. I mean, I, and I love that, you know, you pick somebody that's not like, you know, Martha Stewart or Emerald or, you know, one of the, like, Sandra Lee, even though i, I got to tell you I love Sandra Lee's um <laughs> Backdrops that she does. I don't even care what she Me cooks. Me too. I just love to go and see. Look, oh, the curtains match the, like the flowers. Everything and, matches. It's so cute in her pink KitchenAid and green and blue. And 
Oh, she does. I love it. I know. She, like, dresses to match the... And, and Tracy, here's a riveting mm-hmm. question I have for you. Please. Those KitchenAid appliances, do they custom paint them for her? Because I don't know where you get, like, powder pink, baby blue, marigold yellow. I mean, well, they're making them in more colors now, which they never used to. But, yes, I mean, my husband is threatening to – I have a 20-quart Hobart, which is the same company as KitchenAid, and I use it for uh, making marshmallows out of it. He wants to paint it Ferrari red, so I guess we're (laughs) going to be doing that one of these days soon. But, yes, they'll paint them in any color if you hand them to – usually it's like a – you go take them to a car paint paint place. Oh, really? Mask them off, yeah, and you can have them painted any color you want. But (gasps) KitchenAid is doing a lot of – KitchenAid is doing a lot of – other colors now, and that my guess is somebody's doing them for her, but I know they are making uh, a multitude more colors than they ever used to, which was just like, you know, beige. Was the yeah, one mine's white. Yeah. Just plain old white. Not beige. that I use it. I think it comes out once a year when we make cookies. <laughs> I love for for my KitchenAid. I have three. So You have three? I do. Well, I have three and my Hobart. So okay, I, 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 I use them a lot. Do they have lids, like, that you can put over the bowl? Do you know well, they have those? they have a little like, cap that has like a, a an opening in it so that you can pour things mm-hmm. in and then things don't fly out of it as easily. Yes, mm-hmm. I suggest you go to KitchenAid.com. <laughs> <laughs> they have all kinds of good things there. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> so I did Google like powder pink, you know, KitchenAid appliances, mm-hmm. and they actually had a few. They had a lot of red ones, but they didn't have yeah, the, the red. Is the pink popular. Mm. I think they do a pink one now, though. I think they do. Yeah, I think they they do now, but I'm not in a position to buy them anymore. In that time in my life, I'd be like, oh, my God, I got one of every time. No, I wish. Which is why I'm broke now. <laughs> so, Tracy, how has food changed your life? Um, I would guess it's changed my life because I initially, when I was in college, uh, I thought when I would stop dancing, what I would do is go into the art, sort of like into art promotion or art marketing for dance companies. And uh, so, in, you know, in the age, ripe old age of 18, 19, 20, I really had a whole other vision in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's changed my life because I have done so many things and gone so many places because of food. So I have met, my mother was uh, friends with Julia Child, and she would be, I guess, second in line after MFK. <laughs> she would be my next food hero because she was truly one of the sweetest, most generous, open people that I ever have ever met and she was just very dear and loving and I think that's one of the things that food does food itself is like a language and it opens up doors because even if you can't speak I've I've gone into restaurants in Italy and said that was the most amazing yummy thing that I had last night and I was just wondering if you could tell me how you made it and oftentimes they just grab you and throw you in the kitchen put an apron on you and show you how wow really yes it's it has its own set of rules and its own set of um kind of, uh, well, language, not rules, but a language with people. And, you know, if you can't speak the same language, you can stand there and cook together because it's all the same stuff. You use, you know, knives, you use a cutting board, you you have heat, you need a little refrigeration, or you buy fresh things at the market and you go back and you experiment and make things. And in any country, that's what everybody's doing, you know, whatever it is. If they grow it or they buy it or or they're trading, you know, a lot of people do that. I'll grow this, you grow that, we'll share. So, and that right there is. You know, it's very language-oriented. So, it's, um, so, Trace, what's the worst food you ever created? Like, I remember when I was in my <laughs> 20s, 
I, I, I can actually tell you this. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I'm going to tell you mine. I just got out of cooking school, and I wanted to show off to this guy, show him how hot I am. Look at me. Look, I'm so cute and great hair, and I'm going to cook this great meal. And so I decided to choose an Asian dish. Mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. was it was, it was like, like a ground-up dog. There was no wow. Just a ground-up dog on the table, hair and all. If Rick had Ew. taken it and thrown it on the floor of a hair salon, it would be better. Um, yeah, the Chinese noodles came out like like body hair. Mm. <laughs> you know, it, it was horrifying. That was after cooking school? Yeah. Lamb and we made lamb balls. That's what we were making. We're trying to make meatballs. <laughs> You're right. You're right. right. Funny. I know. That's funny. 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 That's funny. Anytime you say lamb balls, it's I know lamb balls. It's just gonna make everyone <laughs> laugh. But we thought we could make something really swanky and fabulous uh, instead of meatballs with beef. We were making them with lamb. They were so horrible. My cat wouldn't eat them. They were so. <laughs> We tried to get that. I mean, like, we tasted one, and it was like, oh, my God. Well, we'll feed it to the cat. This was in college, and it was like, no, cat wouldn't touch them to save her life. So that was really, truly one of the worst things I'd ever made. And I would never – it's hard to make anything with ground lamb anymore. But that would be it. This is why, Christy, this is why Tracy came on the air today, because I was telling her, Tracy, I was telling Christy how much fun you were and how much fun I have with you, like when I was at your dad's house, and we would just laugh, and it's like, I thought, you know what, this is a girl I could ask on the air what the biggest screw-up was, and she would actually answer it. Lamb balls. Lamb balls. Well, you know, balls. 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 Oh, well, Tracy, you're going to like saying that. All right, we're going to, Lamb Balls is going to probably stick around for quite some time yeah. after this show. Guaranteed. Guaranteed, because we had a shake weight show, and that's what we got for Christmas from Christy, one of the shake weights. But that's a whole different episode altogether. Um, Tracy, I want to thank you for being our guest today. You were outstanding oh, you. as always. Um, for those of you listening today that missed the opening segments, check us out at iTunes. Check us out at toginet.com. Motherhood Talk Radio has all of the shows in the queue. If you want to order some of Tracy's great food, Go to StuartAndClark.com. Now that's spelled S-T-E-W-A-R-T and Clark.com. And since Robin is all about the Girl Scouts, we would like you to go to GirlScouts.org or GirlScoutCookies.org and buy your Girl Scout cookies at varying prices. (laughs) And if you're like Rick, you can just shop around because he needs to save those 70 cents. Thank you for being a part of Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Christy Holly. Go on Toginet.com. Join us every Tuesday as we 